Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the PhD Podcast. My name is Mitch. You can find me on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. You can find all of us on Twitter at PGH Hockey Digest, online at berghockey.com, on Instagram and Facebook at PGH Hockey Digest. And we'll just talk about Facebook here for a second and how our week started uh, with our Berg Hockey Live debut this week. Of course, we had our big broadcasting debut with Matt Geica and myself, along with Matt Popchalk, involved on Monday and Tuesday. Monday, of course, from the RMU Island Sports Center, we debuted the segment with the big matchup between Greater Latrobe and Montour. We'll talk about that a little bit later in our recap, but we followed it up with Wheeling Catholic and North Hills, and then made a trip down the I-79 to the Printscape Arena, where we had Cannon McMillan hosting Cathedral Prep and Peters Township welcoming Pine Richland. And you can find all of that, of course, online and on demand on our Facebook page at PGH Hockey Digest. So if you want to rewatch one of those games or you saw something, you heard about something that happened in the game or you just feel like watching a high school hockey game, the majority of our games are going to be covered there. And lo and behold, we do actually have a game scheduled for this week. I know it doesn't sound like it, and I didn't really make an announcement yet because. Frankly, I'm still waiting on a couple clearances, but we had our clearances available, and we will be emanating from the Mount Lebanon Ice Center as Kiski area ho- heads to the South Hills to face Chartiers Valley in a single-A matchup. It will be our only broadcast of the week. Um, unfortunately, you know, with schedules being what they are and holidays getting close, and us actually, you know, being able to throw this together really quick, uh, it's going to be a little tougher. I will be back next week with all of the uh, coverages that we are looking for. But this week, of course, with my commitments, it's unable, unable to get out there more often. And I wasn't able to get any of the other guys to uh, be able to commit to a weekly thing. Uh, so look out for the second half when we'll actually have a full-fledged schedule going. We're going to try to get as much covered as we can in um, agreement with the league and there's several other coverages that we have going on out in the region that we have. So I will explain that in a future date. But uh, moving along, right now, tomorrow will be an audio, well, sorry, Monday night will be an audio-only broadcast. I apologize because a lot of you guys won't listen till tomorrow, So, um, which is Monday, and it'll sound really weird. But Monday night, not 7, 10 p.m., it'll be Chartiers Valley playing host to Kiski area in a big matchup from the Lebanon Ice Center. And more than likely, a lot of these early games that we're going out to cover are along the lines of trying to get our technical technical data up and make sure that we are actually able to do certain things at certain rinks. And, you know, a lot of the rinks aren't equipped to do video like the Island or Printscape is. And as we move along, we're going to find out where we can and where we can't to bring you the best that we can. Um, also, we have another major announcement coming up in the coming weeks. Um, hope you uh, pay attention, and we will uh, give you a little detail on that. I actually want to do a little giveaway with that in the next week. Um, if you can guess what the uh, actual event is or whatever we are announcing, it will be a, uh, a free T-shirt in it for you, but I haven't exactly released that details yet for that giveaway and might not even have it if everything else happens the way I think it's going to happen, but it's all right. So just paying attention to what's going on in the future. And to let you know, we are planning on 
having another major announcement coming up. Uh, has something to do with our broadcasting and such. So, that being said, we're going to move along into the show today. We've got Matt Mamros coming to play to a long segment on the RMU teams, the uh, around the region teams that we always bring him in for. We had a good conversation today, and I would like to bring that to you. So here is Matt Mamros with the around the region segment for this week. Now bringing in for his weekly segment, it is Matt Mamros. Matt, how's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm breaking records like Jay today. I can tell you that much. But that <laughs> was that was pretty sweet to see that on Friday for sure. Yeah, definitely having that. Uh, you know, getting the assist taken care of, and now within so many points of you know, of the official record, um, that's one thing you got to pay. I believe attention. that is fourteen. Fourteen yeah. points. Fourteen. I points could be wrong. Let me double check. So, I think it's she's at 168 going into last last night's game, which was 14. So she, I can't remember what she got on the day yesterday. I have the stats right here. So I don't remember either. I do have. I did the math earlier, and my screen went black. It's all right, man. I think I got it. Fantastic. All right, sitting at 169, 12 away from tying Brett. And could set the record, according to uh, Microsoft Excel here, at current pace, January 24th, which I believe is RIT. Yeah. I think that's RIT. That's where we originally projected it. That's about the same place here. Currently on pace for 66 points, shattering her own personal best by 15 points. Yeah, she has 170 points coming out of that game, so... Which Britt is 183? 182. I want to say 182, okay. Yep. 183 is the, would be the record. All right. And, uh, I mean, the, the girls earned a tough, a tough spot split in the uh, the Battle of I-79 this weekend. So that, yeah. was, that was pretty cool. Um, the, the teddy bear game, they did lose. They were previously undefeated in teddy bear toss games until yesterday. They lost or, I mean, that was Friday. This is Sunday. That yesterday was Saturday. All right. Um, Friday, five to two against Mercy. In a game which saw a, a few injuries that that impact the the course of the game. But uh, other than that, it 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 was a tough it was a tough one. And uh, the officials were not giving them anything either side really. Anyway, um, and then on Saturday the girls came back to the island and took the Saturday game three to one. Yes, they did, and it was a uh, that was a wild first period. If you remember, uh, that was a tough one to swallow. The most poorly officiated game I have ever seen in hockey in my entire yeah, life. Three girl, was it Angelica Diffendall, Michaela Boyle, and Lexi Templeman all had to go to the to the trainer immediately as soon as they got off. You know, in the first period, off of questionable hits, and that was yeah. just uh, <laughs> that that contest really like. I just couldn't put my finger on how how that could get out of the out of the realm of a possible, you know, a good game, and whew, that was crazy. The, uh, the refs did not have control of that game from puck drop to the end of the second period. Yeah, it was a uh, cleaned up a little bit. Yeah, they they were able to they put they brought their whistles out in the third, but like, and you look at it, and the one call that they did make was an elbowing call that really wasn't even an elbowing call against Emily Curlett. 
and that led to the first. No, leg I would I would say that that was highly questionable. It was very it was a ticky tacky call. It was one hundred percent a makeup call. There wasn't any reason for that one to be called, but it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, I know that the coaching staffs were not very happy with the way that it started out in that contest. So that's just definitely, you not, know, in, not my opinion, at all. in my opinion, it was one of the, some of these games are getting rougher and rougher to watch. And I remember, you know, remember earlier this season, they actually had uh, Hockey East referees called in because of the poor officiating that was r- around in the first couple games. So you move into this game and yeah. that, that game on Friday was just, that, that that was one of the, that was up there on this season. And I hate to put a, like a ranking of terribly, you know, officiated games, and I don't not here to. I, w- I would say, Johnstown. I did Johnstown against Alaska last year in the Robertson Cup finals is definitely one for me. Erie against Windsor in fifteen sixteen two, the CHA championship against Mercyhurst in twenty seventeen. Possibly, uh, it was either seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, it's definitely three, and this is probably four right there. That was it, it was that was bad. It was uh, it was questionable, but uh, alas, they did were able to pull the split out on the day. Um, of course, Jay getting the assist record on Friday, and following it up in as the we first goal, so. too, the teddy bear goal, the teddy bear goal, getting that that assist on on uh, Michaela Boyle's teddy bear goal in front of the net on her. Sweet spot there. That also makes uh, Jay has the record for I believe all time assists on Teddy Bear goals as well. I believe she has four. Well, there have been four, so she's been uh, involved in all of them, and she, of course, that's the record's going to sit because you got you got to look at a couple players that haven't had an opportunity to be in on one, and they're all up there in their seniority right now. So um, <laughs> it's going that one will be around for a while. If that's a record that anybody's going to continue to keep, um, we'll we'll see that in the future. Um, so we're going to move on from the women's game, and it was a good season, a good series this weekend. But we got to move over to the men's side, and men headed to Connecticut, and wasn't exactly a uh, a highlight real weekend. But at the same time, you have to realize they are beat up right now. They they're lo- they're missing a lot of their top scoring in the lineup. Yes. And uh, the, the other thing I wanted to pop up back to real quick is Emily Curlett still leads the NCAA in power play goal. Yeah, eighth, and I believe eighth I'm power sorry? play goal, eighth power play goal of the season of her nine goals on the year, which, which is incredible. Well, you got to think she's also, I think, does she have the record for single season uh, goals? I think it was that hers or does that still belong to, uh, Kirsten Welsh. I believe it still belongs to Kirsten Welsh because Not I think long. Welsh's record is nine. Well, that that's I think, tied. I honestly right now. think the record is nine. So it's tied right now. Okay. Okay. So she's tied with Welsh for goals, and that will more than likely fall in the first half of the season. But we already knew that was coming up because she's she broke several several of her. Uh, defensive records at this point and more are coming and she's only a so- uh, junior this season so <laughs> we've still got another year of it um, yeah we still got a year and a half three more years of Boyle maybe two two or yeah. three more years of Boyle two more years after this one she's a red shirt sophomore 
Oh, yeah. By the way, basically, we won't jump to the men's side yet. We do have the announcement of the, you know, I made the announcement on Twitter. Uh, I noticed that we have a uh, transfer coming in from Wisconsin. And, you know, you look at that and a little bit of reinforcement coming in with some of the bumps and bruises as they're coming around. It is Kylie Hanslick coming from Wisconsin. It was a native of Wisconsin Point. Uh, she played 25 games in her freshman year at with the Badgers and recorded an assist, but didn't dress during her junior year, sorry, her sophomore year. So she has a red shirt that she's going to have whenever she comes on to the Robert Morris squad post game, post season, um, sorry, post battle of the Berg tournament up at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. So. What is the date of eligibility? Is it is it that first game against Wisconsin or no? That's her first game is going to be she's going to be able to play against Wisconsin. So she will be very in, cool. By what I'm gathering, she will be in the lineup for that game and or um, I mean nothing's official. I don't you know I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what the uh, the coaches are planning. I'm just saying that she's stating that she's playing. You know, her, spending her last two and a half years. Her of eligibility at Robert Morris University in Pittsburgh, and she's in, she's officially on the W Hockey Commits transfer page. So um, she is officially going to be a Robert Morris Colonial come the second half. So the big news to have I'm before we're coming in. Sure, based off of what happened last year with Allison Rogers getting her midseason from the transfer portal as well, uh, that Allie made her debut. I'm pretty sure the game are coming back, so I would I'd probably say it's a fair bet. Yeah, Allison Rogers was announced as a transfer uh, prior to their trip to Syracuse last year. I made that trip, and then that was the last trip of the season, I believe, going out of the seat into. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was first the first uh, series coming out of the break, and I was up there for that one. Uh, she. Uh, then played the next home series for the Robert Morris Colonials. So, yeah, um, a lot of transfers going on. You know, the men are getting Tyler Love coming. He's, of course, Penn's elite and Corpus Christi Ice Rays alum. So yeah, well, that's, that's our segue right there. The, the yeah. trans, uh, calling up early due to injury, uh, of course, Bradley Stenel announced that he just lost the season. Um, but uh, Tyler, Tyler Love will come on to the team, and he's Pittsburgh native, bird hockey, and all that good stuff, so we're excited to have him. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to come in, he's going to help out with the squad immediately. Um, and it's just nice to see, but of course this past weekend, the injury-depleted Colonials had a rough trip to uh, Connecticut, and were swept by Sacred Heart. So, what do we got from there? So, uh, I mean, this is going to be a little bit of a shock. I mean, Sacred Heart's good this year, but... Uh, of course, nobody that's a Colonials fan for at least from the beginning is used to losing to them, let alone being swept by Well, they by only them, won their first game against Robert Morris last season. They didn't. They correct. Didn't and I, so. Well, I mean, they're they're honestly for real at this point. Um, I don't think you can write them off anymore as just like a, a dumpster fire of a team. No, they, they put a decent program together, and they're winning. And uh, they really took a significant injury to play the Colonials this weekend. Uh, Dylan Lubsmeyer, uh I believe he started the Sunday game and definitely replaced Capital Master in the 
third period of Friday's game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, w- I was impressed, like, not, not just by his paper statistics from uh, allowing two goals on Friday in, in the last period, but uh, it was of a 6 nothing to loss. Mm-hmm. But uh, today, the 2-4 to four loss against Sacred Heart, uh, he looked strong. So I, I think there's something there for sure. Oh, he's always looked strong this season. He, in his limited time that he's been able to play the last couple of years, he has improved substantially. And, you know, he's moved up that depth chart. I mean, I, I, there's an unofficial, you know, you could say that there isn't one anywhere. You can't count lines. But when you look at an unofficial depth chart and you think, okay, who's going to play where, he's definitely no longer in that number three slot. Not at all. Um, and... Say what you can. The the freshman did look relatively impressive, at least on paper this weekend. The filling for the injured uh, upperclassmen. Right. They uh, have shown it, but also one of the I was speaking with this to uh, Gary Heeman last week, and always the note with the with the Derek Schooley led team. Once you reach this uh, around Christmas time, you're no longer a freshman. You are a collegiate hockey yeah. player, and you are expected to play as one. So it's no surprise that they're prepared and ready to go based off of that notion. Absolutely. And, uh, and return, I believe. Next weekend. Next camp- weekend they have Army. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Army? No, it's at home. It's at the island Saturday, oh. Sunday. I won't be there on Saturday, but I'll be there Sunday. And I'll probably, if it's available, I'll probably be recording there on Sunday. So, um, oh, you know what? Recording this Sunday podcast is on Sunday. Steelers, Steelers versus the Bills. So do, do the Army game, go right to Steelers' Bills. Absolutely. That, is, that, is, that is the plan for me. Awesome. Uh, which, of course, the Steelers winning today. Not that, not that we are a Steelers podcast, but they did win today. Right. Uh, Alex DeOrio of Wheeling, the Wheeling Nailers was placed on the 14-day injured list and has been removed from the roster. They okay. traded for a goalie. Um, totally blanking on his name. I literally looked at it five minutes ago. Um, but the, they picked up a, another goalie, and Jordan Ruby beat Kalamazoo in the Friday game. Um Lots of Kalamazoo this Saturday, and today they won five to two versus, or they lost five to two against Toledo. Um, is still fourth in the Central, and they're exciting to watch, even though they're starting to get a little bit beat up. Whereas the Penguins themselves get beat up, people are moving up to Wheel or Wilkesbury. Mm-hmm. Jan Drog was returned to Wilkesbury, of course, one of the AHL players that was on a. Uh, AHL contract sent down to the ECHL, so you didn't really expect him to be there that long in the first place, but it was great to have him. And uh, Brandon Hawkins had a, a uh, the, of course, the Northeastern project or product, uh, actual Penguins draft. They got a hat trick on their, their 6 2 win mm-hmm. um, against Kalamazoo. And uh, this Rogers game was. Teddy Bear toss game. Didn't throw that Teddy Bear goal until uh, the third period, but they uh, unfortunately lost that game. Right. And, uh, the Mr. Rogers game was pretty sweet. Um, of course, wearing a special sweatered, I'm sorry, cardigan. 
cardigan sweaters. Yes, they they had the cardigans. Cardigan, those were beautiful. Sweater jerseys. And uh, the name plates on the back of them all said Mister, and then whatever the player's last name was. So that was that was pretty cool. Of course, all that money going to the Fred Rogers Foundation. But uh, we will return home next weekend. Next weekend. So that it'll be it'll be a good one to get to if you don't have anything better to do. Uh, let's move over to the U- USHL. Uh, congratulations to Trevor Kutar of the Youngstown Phantoms. The second second leading scorer in the USHL with 21 points was named to the World Juniors A or Level A Challenge for Team USA. So he will represent the United States of America on the national stage against Canada and all the uh, that tournament. Um, Youngstown, the Friday game for Youngstown was a 5-2 to two loss against the U18 Team USA teams, which uh, usually for those World Junior Challenges, it just becomes the USA U18 team takes that challenge. So to have a player from another team on the USHL also be named to that squad for those tournaments is, is something very rare, and it's, it's special when it happens. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's very good for Trevor Kuntar, and he committed this weekend to Harvard University. Okay. Very very cool stuff yeah. there, uh, and and Matthew Cassidy, another forward on that team, he committed to Ohio State recently. Which Youngstown fans continue to just be the feeder team for the uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and it's it's worked out well for them. Um, and they, a lot of those guys do eventually move on to the ECHL or at least some level of pres. So let's talk about Johnstown. They as they are now second in the Eastern Conference in the NHL. Uh, only trailing the first place Titans. They beat Friday and lost Saturday to the Titans four to two on Saturday with the score and four to one. They beat them four to one on Friday. And their next series is at the Titans on the thirteenth. So that that's gonna be exciting to witness that and uh, continue to have these little uh one versus two battles upcoming here for the, the Tomahawk. So that's that's something to keep an eye on because the Tomahawks lost a ton of players. Like their roster was gutted by players leaving for college, and mm-hmm. as, some as players no- get straight. As is normal for a, uh, you know, if you're for a team that's in the, uh, you know, in their position, their whole their, their oh, job absolutely. is to move up until you know that's to develop, and that's actually a a good thing uh, when you think about it, and that's what you want to see. I think it shows a successful program, honestly, and it's mm-hmm. something special that they've built there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're, they're just as exciting to watch this year as they were last year when, whenever they had uh, all those Division One commits that are now playing predominant roles. They're, they're led by S-Mark star defender Jake Truba, and then they're uh, – of course, they're leading. They're, I don't know if he's a leading scorer right now, but he's you know just pre- recently committed to Niagara Christian Gorshak of Hempfield and uh, Jeanette. Uh, so you look at that, and you do have you know, you know the you still have a lot of the good play, the good talent at the War Memorial right now, and they're just continuing to grow. And those two players were on the team the last couple seasons, growing underneath those uh, those talented players that we were just speaking of. Absolutely, and it's a, it's the next man up mentality that's in that league, and just like it is and in the course, Ontario Hockey League as well. And of course, you know, then you look at what's coming down the line now. You know, you have a you have, you have a uh, tender offer out to uh, Dusty Garagash of Montour and S Mark Stars, and you know you get to you get 
to see these players move <laughs> along, and you just know about it every time. They tendered Tyler Stewart last year. Of course, Tyler Stewart, of course, moved along. He's playing in several different – he's playing – I can't remember where they said he ended up this season, but he uh, he moved along from Odessa and somewhere else. But, yeah, it's the next man up mentality when it comes to teams like Johnstown and Youngstown who, you know, you, you as long as you're scouting properly and you're able to bring in the, the right kind of players, you know, it's always going to be a successful season. And I remember the one thing I will tell you about Johnstown was that I had a uh, – a couple seasons ago they started out slow – and we had gone out to cover a game, and they didn't do too hot. And I remember being in the car, and Alan texted me and saying, did you check your email? And I stopped, and I checked it, and it said, you know, we had an email from Johnstown apologizing to us about not having a, uh, you know, being a solid team this season. And then they went ahead and they re, uh, they said they made a couple moves. They're planning on being a better team, and, they ended up doing so. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs that season, but they took a run at it at the end. So, you know, these teams want to be successful, and they want to be, uh, you know, they want to grow, and they want to make the right deals and be what they're supposed to be. And I think you see that, and I see that, and if we didn't see that, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're I, absolutely I, correct. It would be hard to care, but, I mean, the fact that they're putting their best forward foot forward means that we should hopefully get more fans in these seats so that's that's the goal here and bring obviously bring awareness to the the local talent of uh western pa hockey and just pa in general in, in some sorts but that, uh, that's a huge thing is i owe them a visit and i haven't been able to get out there this year with everything going on so <laughs> you know it's one of those details that you know but uh yeah getting johnstown into the fold and you know it's just great to see so Absolutely. I mean, I have, I have not seen them in their own build, so that's something I need to do as well. Maybe we need I, to I make a trip the out there one day. Uh, absolutely, we need to we need to have a visit. We have Johnstown. We're coming for you. How's that sound? All Eventually, right. we'll, we'll we'll get there. We're definitely going to be. I got a little bit of time coming up. Hopefully, they're playing. I got a little bit of time coming up. Hopefully, they're playing. All right, what do we got? Anything else you got for me? No. Uh, all I got for you this Anything week. Anything from um, Erie? Oh, you know what? We totally forgot about the, uh, the, this is the, uh, everybody's favorite time of the year in Erie, whenever it's, uh, I don't know what it is with the otters in December, but it's usually not great. We're, we're kind of witnessing that again this year. Uh, they're eighth place in the West. They lost to Sue, um, two to nothing on Friday and they lost to Sarnia on Saturday, six to three, but they're next. Next time they're home, they're on the road quite a bit. Uh, the next time they're home is December 28th versus the Niagara Purple Eagle. Oh wait, never the college team. The Niagara Ice Dogs. <laughs> too, many, too many teams in Niagara. Oh, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good thing. Yes, it, it is a good thing. And uh, Jamie Drysdale was named he will probably – I would say that there's a very good chance he is named the captain for Team Canada at the World Juniors in 2020. Uh, of course, Thomas Harley also being made to that name to that team and uh, Alexis Lafreniere. So that's going to be a fun team to watch. All of those guys, other than Harley, he was already drafted. But uh, both, both Drysdale and Alexis Lafreniere and Byfield – all projected very high picks in the NHL, uh, yeah, NHL draft. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, 
definitely something I'm looking forward to. All right, Matt, thank you for uh, coming on this week. I hope you get a good couple days of recovery here. And I hope I everything... Last <laughs> All right, well, then we'll definitely see you over the next couple days. Um, enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Absolutely. I'll take, you as well. Take care. That, of course, is Matt Mamros. You can find him on Twitter at Matt13Mamros, and he always comes in every week to give us our updates from around the region and such. And uh, I meant it when I said it. We owe Johnstown and Youngstown visits. It's just been a hectic couple weeks with what we're trying to accomplish. And um, I will make trips. I uh, just don't know when yet. I usually try to make the exodus at once a week. I've gotten a lot of that stuff. And um, so I don't get a, really too much going on from the uh, updates for the uh, midget majors this week. Just a, a quick update. It was the... Um, showdown between the two local major triple a teams the penguins elite and the s mark stars and the s mark stars swept the pittsburgh penguins elite yesterday they were able to defeat the natives of cranberry three nothing and then defeated them six to two today of course it's a big matchup uh jared todd hunter had a coverage yesterday at the uh Lemieux Sports Complex, you want to check in with him and see what he had to say on the website. That's where you can find everything, once again, on berghockey.com. The big update from that game yesterday. I was unable to make it this morning. I had some uh, small emergencies around the house I had to deal with, and they took care of that. So, unfortunately, I was unable to make it up to 66. Um, speaking of 66, we've got one of our club teams playing there, so it's a good little transition to say, hey, Ed Major, let me know what's going on with our ACHA coverage and what's going on. So here is Ed Major's ACHA recap from the last week. Welcome back, Berg Hockey fans. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving last weekend. There was no ACHA action, so my voice was absent from the PhD podcast. But I am back, Ed Major photo. On Twitter, I am Major Focus. Let's jump right in. We had a, a, a lot of ACHA action on the road this weekend before teams hit, before teams take a, take a rest for the winter break. Duquesne traveled out to, to a new ACHA team, Lawrence Tech, for a weekend series on Friday and Saturday. They fell Friday by a score of 9-3. to three. Saturday night's game, I'm not entirely sure of that score as of yet. I'm having a little trouble finding it. Twitter is a little silent on it. ACHA site, not not so many updates there. But I will do my best to let you guys know that score as soon as I come across it. Staying with the local city teams, Pitt was to play one single game before their winter break on Friday night against John Carroll. Unfortunately, I am told that power issues, or lack of power, (laughs) to be more precise, at Alpha Ice Complex forced the postponement of that game. I have no word yet on whether that game will be or. Or rather, if or rather, when it will be rescheduled, I am assuming that the John Carroll Blue Streaks will want it to be rescheduled because it is a conference game, and they are are on the cusp of, of getting into that playoff spot. It, actually, they're in a playoff spot now, but 
you know, things can change very fast in, in hockey, especially in college hockey. So as well as Pitt is doing this season, I, I don't know, if, I don't think they would mind if it wasn't rescheduled, but I'm sure John Carroll wants that game rescheduled, so I will do my best to update you on when that will be. It was supposed to be played Friday night, but that will be played at a later date to be announced. Robert Morris, surprisingly, they are swept by the Delaware Blue Hens this weekend in a Friday and Saturday series. Friday night, they fall 6-5. to five. Saturday, they fall 5-4, to four, so a couple one-goal one losses for the Colonials. They were on quite a hot streak. They had won five in a row, including, uh, let's see, nine of their last 11 games. So now they've, they've dropped two to Delaware. So that will end their first half of the season. They'll be back in action on January 10th and 11th versus Flipper Rock in West Virginia. So they'll uh, they'll have an opportunity to try and rebound from that and and start the second half off strong at least. Slippery Rock Pride uh, falling a little bit in in the fir- to end the first half of the season. This weekend they travel down to LaHaye Ice Center in Virginia to play the Liberty Flames. They fell the first game Friday night twelve to two and the second game seven to one. That's just one week after. That's two weeks after they traveled out to Ohio to 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 play the Bobcats. They fell in the in those games ten to two and five nothing. So Slippery Rock really throwing down the gloves with their scheduling this year. Scheduling some really tough opponents. They they played Westchester earlier this season. Uh, they they played a good Canisius team to open the season. So not to mention these series against Ohio and against Liberty. They'll end the season actually at the Adrian Bulldogs, perennially a, a top team in the ACHA, Adrian is. So they're really throwing down the gloves trying with scheduling, but they're coming out on the wrong end of these scores. It, it, it can't really help morale much, but you have to admire what, what head coach Dave Grimm is doing and what the Slipper Rock Pride is trying to do. They're trying to build a very intense program here and and that can only that can only happen with some with playing tough tough opponents. So a nod to the a nod to the pride for that. But you really want you really like to see them come away with 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 some wins of of these tough games. Moving right along, the West Virginia Mountaineers fell to the IUP Hawks in overtime on Friday, December sixth, by a score of three to two at S and T Bank Arena. So they finally salvage a point, but they get yet another overtime loss. They they had four conference overtime losses last season. They haven't had one yet this season, but man, that was that's a tough one for the Mountaineers to have to swallow, especially after all those last season. But they'll be they'll they'll be in action to start the second half of the season on January 11th versus Robert Morris. But uh, to to end this second half, they've they're playing three games this weekend. The Friday night, of course, they fell to IUP. Saturday and Sunday, they traveled to Buffalo. They fell in 
Saturday's game 4-2. to two. I don't have Sunday's score yet, but I will do my best to update you on that as soon as it comes in. Pay attention on Twitter, at EdMajorPhoto. That's me. I will do my best to get that score to you as soon as I know it. IUP, like I said, they defeated West Virginia 3-2 to two in overtime Friday night at S&T Bank Arena. And then Saturday, they traveled up to Gilmore Academy to play John Carroll, and they lost that game in overtime 5-4. to four. So the Hawks playing two overtime victories, or <laughs> playing two overtime games. They get one victory Friday night, fall on Saturday, but they still managed to get three out of four points on that weekend. So they're staying up ahead in the standings. I'll get to that in a brief moment. Mercyhurst uh, not playing another conference game until the 13th of December. That's next Friday night. That'll be John Carroll and Mercyhurst. So speaking of John Carroll, their game against Pitt Friday night was postponed. But, of course, they came away with the 5-4 to overtime victory at I against against IUP Saturday night. So that takes the CHMA standings. You have the Pitt Panthers are still six and one with seven games played. That's half of their conference schedule. They sit at the top with twelve points. Robert Morris six and one as well with twelve points. So the Panthers and the Colonials duking it out for the top seed in the conference, IUP coming in one point behind thanks to those three points this weekend. They sit at 5-2-1 and one with eight games played out of 14, so they're at 11 points, just one point behind Pitt and Robert Morris. John Carroll would take the number four seed in the playoffs. They are 4-4. Four and four. In fact, what's, what's interesting about their conference games the eight conference games they've played so far, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So they, they haven't been able to put together any win streaks in these conference games, but every time they've lost, they've managed to follow it up with a win to stay right where they need to be to get in, to, to get a good spot in the playoffs. They currently hold that number four seed with eight points. The Slippery Rock Pride sit at the number 5th seed, but they are 2-1-1 one, one with 5 points, but they have only played 4 games. They play the bulk of their conference schedule this coming, or, <laughs> sorry, in the second half of the season. So they've only played 4 games, so they played their next 10 games, starting on January 10th, are all conference games, and then, of course, that weekend set to end the season against the Adrian Bulldogs. So, Slipper Rock really hoping they can make a run in that second half and and come up with a, with a better seed than, than just the fifth seed. They're, they're a better team than the fifth seed, for sure. Duquesne, although struggling lately, they currently sit with the number six seed. They are two and seven in conference play. They play nine out of 14 games. They have four points. Or okay, I'm I'm sorry, uh, I I'm getting my standings a little mixed up here. They do not hold that six seed. West Virginia, by by virtue of getting that point against IUP and that overtime loss, they now have West Virginia 
is tied with Slipper Rock with five points. So West Virginia takes that number six seed away from Duquesne for now. That puts Duquesne and Mercyhurst on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Duquesne at two and seven with four points. Mercyhurst one and four with two points. That lone win coming over the Duquesne Dukes. I believe an 11 to four victory a couple weeks ago. So you've got Pitt and Robert Morris getting the one and two seeds. Those the first round by IUP, John Carroll, Slipper Rock, and West Virginia take the next four spots. And Duquesne and Mercyhurst obviously bringing up the rear for that. So that's kind of your weekend that was your your current standings in the CHMA. So if we if we go into into what into what's coming, you've got just one more game. On the 13th, you've got John Carroll hosting Mercyhurst. That's next Friday night, December 13th. And then you won't have any ACHA action until the other end of the winter break. So January 10th, you've got a, you've got a good gauntlet of games, the 10th and the 11th that weekend. IUP hosting Drexel for a weekend series. Westchester hosting Pitt. Slipper Rock hosting Robert Morris on Friday and then Robert Morris traveling to West Virginia on Saturday. Duquesne hosting Niagara on Saturday, January 11th. So that first, that or that second weekend in January is going to have some really good games. Uh, some good conference games, Slipper Rock and Robert Morris. West Virginia and Robert Morris. So hopefully I am going to make it out to at least one of those. Probably that Slipper Rock RMU game. But we shall see. So, uh, but uh, that is your first half of the ACHA or, or of your ACHA CHMA conference action in the books. So, thank you for taking this ride with me so far. I will see you on the other end of this winter break, where where we'll really get into crunch time. We'll really get into the stretch of things. So. You don't want to miss a thing. Follow me on Twitter at EdMajorPhoto. Follow us at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest at PGH Hockey Digest on Twitter. Catch us on Facebook, too, at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. So I'll send it back to Mitch for all of your other Berg hockey updates around the region. Back to you, Mitch. Ed Major likes to always bring us our club hockey action and our little update from the next level of Berg hockey and I've always said it's very integral part of our hockey scheme because not every player wants to or can become a division one player there's only so many slots available so another ability to play for your school and stay a little bit closer to home in the process for the ACHA level so it's always great to see and Ed just took a liking to it and has ran with the ball there so it's good to have that coverage going on in the region so next we're going to bring you into our coverage of the high school level the level that feeds into our club hockey level heading out to double a to start tonight first game of the week that finished was the plum moon up at barrel ice complex the wild one is going to end up with a special league meeting this coming week, according to the newsletter, where they are going to discuss parent and spectator conduct. Uh, it is never a good idea to walk out on the ice 
in a PIHL game, uh, but uh, there will be a, a couple new rules, I'm guessing, that come from that situation that occurred on Monday night at the Barrel Ice Complex. Franklin Regional over South Fayette 5-4 at Mount Lebanon. Greater Latrobe over Montour, our first Berg Hockey Live broadcast from the island was a 6-4 victory for Greater Latrobe. You can find that on demand on our Facebook page. Hempfield over Mars, 1-0 at Kirk Nevin Arena. Hampton over Meadville at the Meadville Area Recreational Complex, 4-1. Armstrong, 7-2 at Belmont on Thursday. Standings coming out of the week. Look like this in the Northwest. Quaker Valley leading the way. Eight points, four and four are the Quakers. Meadville in second place at 2-5 with an overtime loss. Mars, two and five, also no overtime loss, so they will sit on the outside at four points. Moon, one, eight, and an overtime loss gives them three points. In the Southwest, it's a tie right now between the Baldwin Fighting Highlanders at seven and zero. Oh. And West Allegheny at 7-2. 14 points for each of them. And just on the outside right now, Montour. The Spartans have 12 points at 6-4. South Bay at 3-7 on the season. That's 6 points. Plum, 10 points. Armstrong, 10 points. Those two lead the Northeast. The Mustangs have two games in hand. And at 5-3 and three right now. I'm sorry, three games in hand for the Mustangs. Armstrong at five and six on the season. Hampton two and seven on the year, four points, and Shaler in last right now with two points. That is one and eight record for the Titans. In the southeast right now with eighteen points and nine and oh, it's Greater Latrobe opening up a little bit of room on Franklin Regional at seven and one. Not a lot, though, but Franklin Regional has Hempfield starting to come back a little bit recently. Five and four are the Spartans, 10 points, and Penn Trafford in third right now, but with three games in hand on Hempfield and Latrobe and two games in hand on Franklin Regional for the Warriors at three and three, six points. Michael Felsing leading the classification for Montour in scoring. 11 goals, 20 assists, 31 points. The 20 is the high watermark for assists. And 31 is for points. In second place, Cole Ferry, the high watermark in goals. 17 goals, 12 assists for 29 points. Third place, Alex Walker, who has 9 goals and 18 assists. Good for 27 points. Dusty Garagash sitting in fourth. 9 goals, 14 assists, 13 points for Montour. And Nick Bandai of West Allegheny. Five goals, 15 assists, 20 points for Nick. And it looks like right now, power play goals, it'll be Maddox Rerick of Armstrong leading the way. I'm just going to throw that one out there for the fun of it. Vinny Amatucci leading the way for Greater Latrobe on the goaltenders. A 9.75 save percentage and 4-0 and on the season. Tanner Sindrick of Baldwin. 5-0 on the year, a 9.42 save percentage. Josh Ferry at 7-2 on the year with a 9.26 save percentage. Greg Irons after the rough game against Montour. It was the most goals that, um, well, they've only given up five all season, and that was four given up to the Montour Spartans on Monday. So his save percentage falls to a 9.20. 
with a 140 goals against average. Uh, not anything bad. He's 5-0 and on the year still. And Colin Rice finishes fifth, and he's a 4-4 four and -four record on the year with a 906 save percentage in 405 minutes played for the Quakers. Once again, the player of the week is Cole Ferry of Greater Latrobe. The senior has five goals and two assists in the games played prior to Christmas and into this week. Congratulations to Cole Ferry. Player of the two weeks comes out of Montour. It is Michael Felsing. One goal, five assists in the two team games played over the period of the Thanksgiving break and this week in the game against Quaker Valley and Greater Latrobe. Congratulations to Michael. Now on to single A, where we had a, quite a number of interesting matchups this week. The first of which was on the island in our Berg Hockey Live doubleheader. Second game on Monday night, North Hills defeating Wheeling Catholic 12-1. Kiski over Westmont Hilltop at the First Summit Arena at the War Memorial in Johnstown. On Tuesday, it was a 3-1 victory for the Cavaliers. Norwin over Swickley Academy, 17-0 at Center Ice Arena. Bishop McCourt defeating Greensburg-Salem, 4-2 at the First Summit Arena at the War Memorial. Fox Chapel, 3. Freeport, 2 at Alpha. Also on Tuesday, North Catholic over Chartiers Valley, 5-1 at Mario's home of the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex, Freeport 7, Wheeling Catholic 3 at Belmont. South Park defeated Westmont Hilltop at Ice Castle on Thursday, 3-1. Bishop McCourt over Indiana, 4-2 at S&T Bank Arena. And Thomas Jefferson defeated Fox Chapel, 9-2 at the Ice Castle Arena. Two. This week, it will be North Catholic leading the Northwest. Eight and one are the Trojans. 16 points have a nine-point cushion on Blackhawk. At three and five with a shootout loss. Beaver, one and eight at two points. Five points behind the Cougars and the Bobcats are leading Swickley Academy by two points. The Panthers are 0 and 10 to start the season. Thomas Jefferson, 10 and one to start the season. Right on their heels, South Park Eagles, 9-2. Both have 11 games played on the season. North Hills, the victor on Monday night, on a little bit of a streak recently. The offense has started to come around for the Indians. They're 5-3 with 10 points. Chartiers Valley, 2-4 with an overtime and a shootout loss. And that's 6 points in the Northeast. Indiana leading the way, 5-4 and an overtime loss, 11 points. Tie for second right now. Kiske and Fox Chapel. Kiske game in hand at 5-3 and three on the season. Fox Chapel, 4-3 three, three and two overtime losses for the Foxes. Freeport, 6 points, 3-6 and six on the season for the Yellow Jackets. Bishop McCourt leading the Southeast, 8-1 with an overtime loss, 17 points. Norwin, 7-1 with 14 points. Just right on their heels, two games in hand on the Crushers. The Greensburg-Salem Golden Lions 4-2 and two overtime losses gives them 10 points on the season. Westmont Hilltop 3-5 and an overtime loss, 7 points. The two Wheeling teams, Wheeling Park and Wheeling Catholic in their own division. Wheeling Park 3-4 with an overtime loss, 7 points on the year. Wheeling Catholic 0-6 to start the season. They've averaged about 12 goals a game against this season thus far. 
Will O'Brien still leading the classification in points. 23 goals, 13 assists for the Thomas Jefferson forward. Addis Olten back off. Second place, 30 points, 19 goals, 11 assists. Jacob Daly of Norwin, 10 goals, 18 assists, third place. Four away tie for third right now. Hunter Fairman of Thomas Jefferson, Riley Holzer of Thomas Jefferson, Cole McNair of Greensburg Salem, and Mason Pivarnik of Norwin in that tie. And looks like that looks like it's uh Hunter Fairman, ten goals, sixteen assists, Riley Holzer, eleven goals, fifteen assists. Cole McNair, fifteen goals, eleven assists, and Mason Pivarnik, eleven goals, fifteen assists on the season. South Park's relying on their goaltender Shane Paremba this season, and he has not faltered eight and two on the season with four shutouts, a nine fifty-eight save percentage for Paremba. Chris McFadden of North Catholic, eight and one on the year, two shutouts, and he has a nine thirty-four save percentage. Eric Pitica of Kiski, five goals, three assists, three shutouts on the year. Logan Marnick of Chartiers Valley, two goals, three assists, 923 save percentage. Ethan Isley of North Hills closing it out with a 3 and 1 record, 913 save percentage, and a shutout. Now, for the record, I'm going to continue to move along with the PIHL statistics due to the fact that I'm not completely, I'm still certain that they are incorrect for. Both Ethan Isley and Tyler Manfred. So we're just going to wait and see if they get updated at some point uh, due to that game against Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I do know there is something in about that being fixed in the system, but it doesn't look like it has done so. Isley technically is 4-1 on this season, and his goals against everything's a little bit higher than it should be. A little bit higher and a little bit lower than it should be right now. So we'll move along and see what happens with that. Some tough picks this week, but we got to go with Shane Perembo once again. Uh, Fox Chapel, 47 saves on 48 shots and a victory over the Foxes 2-1 at home a couple weeks ago over the Thanksgiving break. Perembo is our goaltender of the week. Will O'Brien will be our player of the week. He had seven goals and an assist in those two games. Uh, victories over Fox Chapel and Swickley Academies. And congratulations to Will O'Brien, your player of the week, the junior from Thomas Jefferson. Now on to Class B, Wilmington falling to Carrick at Ice Castle Arena on Monday, 11-3. Nashanik over Central Valley, 8-2 at Hess Ice Rink. Avonworth defeated Bishop Canavan, 3-1 at Barrel. Ringle 12-4 over Burl at Pittsburgh Ice. Nishanik over McDowell 7-3 at Mercyhurst on Tuesday. Carrick over Central Valley on Thursday 6-1. Connellsville defeating Burl 6-1 at the Ice Mine. Elizabeth Forward over Wilmington 5-3 at Rostraver. And Trinity de defeating McDowell 8-0 at Mercyhurst on Thursday. Morgantown game in the system so they're able to give me an actual standings rat bracket here. Nishanik leading the north 8-1 on the year 16 points for the Lancers the Antelope of Evanworth 5-1 on the year 10 points Burl 
three and six on the year, six points sitting in third right now. Central Valley and Wilmington tied with identical six and two records. By the way, also identical goals for and goals against between the Greyhounds and the Warriors. Three, two, 32 goals for, 52 goals against each for both of those teams. McDowell, final place of the North, 0-9 on the season. Of course, the top four teams advance in each division. So we move to the South. Ringle leading the way, 18 points, but not a lot of room underneath them as Carrick at 8-1 is right behind them. Same amount of games played. Connellsville 6-4 on the season, 12 points for the Falcons. The Elizabeth Forward Warriors sitting in the fourth slot in the South. And that is 11 points. Trinity 3-7 on the season, tied with Bishop Canavan at 3-8. Six points apiece for them. Morgantown in the final spot. Only six games played, five points for the Mohawks. Michael Vasco still leading the classification in points, 15 goals, 16 assists for the Elizabeth Forward Forward. Brad Budos of Ringgold moves into second place. 11 goals, 17 assists for the Rams. Two of his teammates right below him, Nathan Todd, has 16 goals, 11 assists, and 27 points. Evan Eberlin, 13 goals, 12 assists, 25 points in fourth place. And Jeffrey Boker. Of Wilmington moves into the fifth slot, tied three ways with Tate Donovan of Elizabeth Forward and Justin Day. Nine goals, 11 assists. Tate Donovan has 12 goals, eight assists, and Justin Day, six goals and 14 assists on the season. Riley Meskowski still leading the classification. 938 save percentage to go with a 7-1 and one record on the season. Two shutouts. Sean Dugan of Carrick in second place, 8-1 on the year, 9.23 save percentage, two shutouts. Blake Phillips of Morgantown, 1-3 on the year, a 9.09 save percentage. Alex Mitchell, Connellsville, 6-4 on the year, 8.83 save percentage. And Matt Lesnick of Avonworth, 3-0 on the season, 8.78 save percentage. Evan Everlin wins the Player of the Week award. The senior for Ringgold has 13 goals, 12 assists, had a hat trick in his previous game against Burl. He has five goals and four assists in his last two that span this time. Moves into fourth place in scoring on the season. Riley Maskowski of the Shannick Lancers is our goaltender of the week. The sophomore had two games played. He gave up two goals in each of them for a 9.38 save percentage. Congratulations to Riley Meskowski, our goaltender of the week in Class B. Now on to Triple A, where it gets interesting due to the parity in the league. Upper St. Clair defeating Seneca Valley 4-0 at Ice Castle. Bethel Park defeating Central Catholic 6-5 at Alpha Ice. Cannon McMillan defeating Cathedral Prep 5-3 at Prince Cape Arena. That game on demand on Berg Hockey Live on our Facebook page. Also on demand on our Berg Hockey Facebook page. Peters Township defeating Pine Richland 4-1 in a tough one at Prince Cape Arena. And North Allegheny closing out the week 7-0 over Butler up at Barrel Ice Complex. North Allegheny still leading AAA 10-0 with a shootout loss. 21 points for the Tigers, they have a nine-point cushion on three teams tied for second now. Upper St. Clair, Seneca Valley, and Peters Township. 
Upper St. Clair and Seneca Valley, 6-3. and three. And Peters Township, 6-4. and four. Cannon McMillan sitting in the five slot right now. Ten points the Big Macs have at a 5-4 and four record. Pine Richland, seven games played, 4-2, and one overtime loss, nine points, and they are tied with Mount Lebanon and Cathedral Prep. Mount Lebanon has three played three more games, 4-5-1, and one are the Blue Devils and the Cathedral Prep Ramblers, 4-6-1 and one on the season, nine points for each of them. They round out the playoff teams right now. Just sitting on the outside is Bethel Park, at four and five on the year, eight points. Central Catholic and Butler playing each at four points. Two and eight are the Vikings, and Butler sits with a two and nine record. Tyler Lamarck still leading the classification in points. Nine goals, 15 assists, 24 points. A five-point uh, five cushion on Josh Ripp, who has 12 goals and seven assists for 19 Connor Chi is in third as the North Allegheny forward has seven goals, 11 assists for 18 points, tied with Mark Lehman of Pi uh, Peters Township, 10 goals, eight assists, 18 points. Jacob Ball of Upper St. Clair moves into fifth, tied with teammate Devin Rorick. Ball has six goals, nine assists for 15 points. Devin Rorick, 10 goals and five assists. In net, it's still Tyler Boyles leading the way. 306 minutes into the season, he has a 6-0 record with a 9.42 save percentage. Seth Faulkner of Cathedral Prep, 4-2-1 on the year. 9.21 save percentage finds second. Alex Wilbert at 204 minutes is 3-1 on the season. 9.17 for the senior. Austin Martin of Mount Lebanon, 2-4-1 on the year. 9.13 for Martin and Josh Bailey just in fifth spot here. 4-0-1 with a 9-10 save percentage. Jacob Ball has come out of nowhere for Upper St. Clair. In his last five games at minimum, he has three goals and looks like seven assists. Now that gives him the ability of our player of the week in the last two weeks. Of course, we're counting the Thanksgiving week. Had four assists and a goal at Central Catholic in a victory and Seneca Valley in that victory. So Jacob Ball of Upper St. Clair, our player of the week. Alex Wilbert will be our goaltender of the week. The senior from Peters Township played two games, home games against Pine Richland and Cannon McMillan, giving up a goal in each one and was able to pull off the feet with a 9.57 save percentage. Congratulations to Alex Wilbert, our goaltender of the week in AAA, or weeks in AAA. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody out there in the Berg hockey world for listening in, for uh, making our first week of Berg hockey live a rousing success. Look forward to bringing you more of our first audio-only broadcast of the season from Mount Lebanon, Chartiers Valley, hosting Kiski tomorrow, 7:10. I will be on the call. Uh, I hope you join me for some rousing, some single-A action. And, yeah, beyond that, I really don't have much more going on. Uh, a heartfelt thank you from all of us at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. Uh, Matt Mamros, of course, joining us today. Uh, Gary Heeman of our weekly men's coverage, Matt Geica, 
Matt Popchock for coming on this week. Matt Popchock, of course, coming back and making a grand return, grand re-entrance to high school hockey. Uh, good to have everybody out there and enjoying it. All the fans, all the parents, all the players, everybody who just continues to build on this theory of Berg hockey that we're trying to parlay out there. Um, for all of us from Pittsburgh Hockey Digest, I'll see you in the rink. Take care, guys.